Welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode may contain graphic content, such as copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, infantile to immortal, fantasy drug use, nudity, and perhaps mentions of sex, and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. I wish I got a warning. The only way was either with the gum or the dust that that uh, Cobalt had, unless he like somehow would have given me some before he left. I've well, got here, no way of following. Here's the thing, uh, Cobalt. Do you do, I would assume being you, you'd leave one on the ground since your plight. Yeah, just yeah, again, just during that conversation, like set one little piece on the ground, but he, but but like he was in a hurry to catch up to Dusty Kitty. What would it be a piece or would it be the dust? Because that actually matters for my character. He did yeah. indicate earlier on that he he did he wanted to use the dust to go into the unseen public. I don't know if that if Cobalt would have picked up on that. Uh, you know what? I'll give myself a history check if he like remembered in the moment. That's good enough. He, he would have left the bag of dust. Yeah. All right. Looking around, I'll just be like. Uh Vulcanade me. And uh, I'll sprinkle the fairy dust on myself or whatever I need to do. And as, as you do, like uh the shimmering uh the, the shimmering gold dust, like it makes your body disappear as you spread it on yourself. And your vision uh, vision changes when you start to sprinkle it on your head and like half your body is still in reality. You switch hands, you sprinkle some more on, and eventually you come into it. Now, let's uh, flash back, or, you know, go back a little bit to when Dust and uh, Cobalt went in. Dust, you maintained eye contact, then after a couple seconds, you see Cobalt, like, enter in the unseen public with you. What do you guys do? Is Jack there as well? Yep, he's there. He, uh, he's still chewing on the numb tongue. Uh, yeah. Uh, we see, uh, what was it? Uh, Dust had the cobra head. Uh, what the hell is... Uh, Cobalt had the mouse head, and we see Jacked with uh, his just his regular head. Well, since we're in the unseen public now, I am going to look for clues. Dusty Kitty, please! And I'm just ignoring Cobalt. You see people on tables inside of the, the trap house, and they look like chimeras. Not a traditional chimera, but I'm saying like random parts of their body have been changed with animal parts. Specifically looking for um, tattoos with a 14. Yeah, what, what do you mean by tattoos specifically? On the, um, looking for any identifying factors of gang members. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Um, the weird thing is, they are all from different gangs. You see one with a crimson hand, you see one with black eyes, you see one with a green bandana, you actually see one with a badger. It seems like there's no discrimination. But they're all gang members. And do I see any rabbits? You do. Uh, right behind one of them, like, messing around with the eye. We see extreme, like, a zoom-up of, like, a scalpel near, like, a blinking eye. The eyes at the bottom of the screen, like, looking upward. See it blink a couple times, and we see the scalpel come near. And then, like, you see the sharp blade gleam. Before he makes an incision, I made an attack roll. 
then we see like the the prick of it like nearly touch the eye then you do attack what kind of attack do you do i manifest my psychic blade and throw it am i within 60 feet first of all so you uh throw the dagger and uh what to hit 12 to hit 12 to hit does not hit you basically zoom past make another one with my bonus action which doesn't hit either yep you uh throw both of your daggers and he just like you know sways back and forth and in frustration you hear a bloodied scream as you see the scalpel like pierce the eye completely and you see the guy just like ha basically having a seizure in a moment and he looks at you with his uh, rabbit face and wrinkles his nose and says dust i thought i told you if you were to mess with my business my experiment we would have an issue and he gives you a longing stare what is our issue, Dust? No, I am your issue. And I'm going to look at Cobalt. If you wish to be friends again, you will help me kill this man. What do you say, Cobalt? Cobalt's, Cobalt's face goes through a mix of emotion of, like, originally confusion, then hurt, then hope, and then turns, uh, turns his face toward the rabbit face. Do anything for Dusty Kitty. If Kitty don't leave Cobalt, we'll see about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna say, Leo, you uh, come in reality, and uh, Asmundai, you come into uh, the unseen public as well. Now, Iceman, if you're to pick an animal to represent you, what would it be? It would be a grizzly. You see, like uh, Asmundai with a bear head. Uh, yeah, so grizzly bear, so like a brown fur coming off of him. And we see uh, Leo. Um, and let's roll for initiative. I pop in, look around like, what in the world is going on? Because my character, either he's never been to the Unseen Public, or this is his second time ever being here. I hope Cobalt likes the silent treatment. Everybody knows that's worse, Dust. I'm curious, how does Cobalt feel about Metal Man right now? It's uh, very helpful, but speaks in a lot of words he doesn't know. Especially when talking to other people. I just imagine sitting there during conversations and it's just like uh, whenever a teacher speaks in the, the Peanuts cartoons. Wah, 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 wah. That was your whole conversation with the man with the cyst. That was just your whole conversation because you, you flowered your language so hard. It's just like, just like Cobalt is taking everything literally for the things he does understand and then struggling to figure out what you're saying for the stuff the, the stuff you say that he doesn't. At, at least Asmundi, he makes efforts to try and not treat you like a child, but at the same time try and, try and get you to understand things better. Now uh, the turn order, just to say it out loud, is going to be Cobalt, Dust, then we have uh, Nickel, then we have Leo, Jacked, and we have Asmodai. Now, the moment things uh, uh, start up, you see, like, uh, the man, like, start to morph. And his, like, uh, body turns from, like, a rabbit's head to that of a snake. And fur begins to, like, come off into uh, his uh, body and shit. And we see, like, this anaconda figure... And basically, it's like a centipede with uh, reptile appendages and uh, fur. And it just rides and coils around you. 
We'll start off with Cobalt. What do you do? Uh, what about all the other gang members? Uh, just for clarification, uh, there's four tables lined up, and we're going to assume that they're near the end of the building, all in a row. And how many of them have a Crimson Fist gauntlet? Just one, and that would be the one to uh, his uh, stage right, if you guys were looking at him. So are we just imagining there's a person here? Yeah, we're going to imagine that there's a person at each one of the four tables. One here, one here, so on and so forth. Uh, we'll imagine, yeah, the rest of the line, just imagine it's just rubble, either burnt or broken or some shit. Um, so let's start off with Cobalt. Uh, Cobalt, what do you do? All right, yeah, so Cobalt for his action. Uh, it's like everyone will see as like one Cobalt jumps from Cobalt's position and then two Cobalts jump from those two positions and start running around <laughs> as he casts Mirror Image himself. All right. Uh, does that end your turn? Yeah, that's an action cast. He doesn't have a, a bonus action. I mean, I guess like, I, I guess most of these tables are about Cobalt height-ish. Yeah, so he, he might at least uh, use uh, like some of those for cover because he doesn't know what this guy can do. <laughs> it's not going to provide you full coverage, but I'd say um, as with your height, uh, three-fourths cover. I'll give you that. Okay, do. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's next on initiative? That would be me. All right, go right ahead. What are you going to do? Asmodai, one of your friends is on the table. And then with that, I am going to use steady aim as my bonus action. Okay. To give myself advantage. Do you do anything else? Yeah, I am going to. Nickel, tell me what you fear the most. And he just hisses at you as uh, it looks like he's about to slither forth. That's fair. <laughs> 21 to hit. 21 hits. And that is also going to be, um, what check do I make for the whip? It's a saving throw for me. So, got it. And I believe we said uh, 12 or higher. Um, I'm going to roll wisdom save. He got 13. So, uh, he doesn't, uh, uh, he doesn't fear you, but just for shits and giggles. Uh, you see skeletal hands and bones, uh, come towards him. And it looks like an apparition of death cloaked in darkness as uh, the whip curls back and like uh, your whip acts like uh, a spine that's uh, flexible and it goes towards him for a whip deal damage oh we got 10, Ten damage all right sounds good so uh, you whip at him and uh, your whip uh, uh, slashes at his side and he begins to bleed all right it is now his turn and he is going to go he's gonna go at the person who attacked him slither forth and he has a pretty impressive reach as he uh, snaps forward. Um, he uh, goes towards you and uh, basically claws at you. And uh, you see like uh, one of the long, uh, elongated arms basically go for a swipe. It misses. Then he goes in for a bite. And that is... Uh, does uh, 16 hit you? Yes. He uh, goes in for a bite. For... He does 8 points of damage as uh, he bites you. Make a uh, acrobatics uh, uh, over 16. What do you get? Nine. Nine? You are uh, currently grappled at the end of your turn, or like at start of each one of your turns, you can uh, try to escape it. It's going to be a 16 or a higher. Uh, what you uh, need to know is you are currently restrained. Uh, you see, uh, how I want to uh, image this is we uh, see the snake like slither th uh, forward, like past the debris and uh it goes in for a slash with its arm then uh 
as you dodge it, you look behind you and you see that uh, the white snake is uh, like coiled around you. Then you look in front of you and you see that it bites you as it like constricts around you. Let's see. Uh, next is Leo. What do you do? Uh, first, I'm going to use my unsettling words mm-hmm. to uh, subtract one d six from his next saving throw. Okay. Uh, yep, yep. Then I'm gonna be like. Look at the situation. Look at all the pain. I bet you find that funny. Should start laughing about it, and do Tasha's hideous laughter against him. What's the saving throw on my end? It's gonna be a uh, wisdom thirteen, and then subtract a d six. Uh, can you roll d six for me? Three. Still beats it. Next on the agenda is uh, Jack as he uh, comes up and uh, basically hits this uh, anaconda. He goes in for a hit, and that is wow. Uh, he goes in for a 19 to uh, hit Nickel. And as he tries to hit Nickel, that's going to be 8 damage on him. So he, he goes in with a, a mace and uh, hits the snake. Uh, moving on, we have uh, uh, Asmodai. Uh, what do you do? Uh, seeing the Crimson Fist on the table over there, Asmodai is going to just make the assumption that this creature is worth killing. He's going to run over... Uh, Warhammer in hand. Uh, as I'm running over, I'm going to use a bonus action to cast uh, Shield of Faith on myself. So my AC goes up to 20. As there's this red, reddish hue that begins to glow across Asmodai. As he says, I'm going to smite you for what you are doing to my people. And as I say that, I bring down my Warhammer, aiming right for his wonderful snake crest upon his brow and let's see here actually oh and flanking that's a 23 i'm gonna assume that hits yeah it hits uh and that is eight bludgeoning damage all right all right uh you uh go in for the hit and it hisses as your warhammer comes in and uh, slams down you have like a burst of scales like coming up with a little bit of blood trickling um if that ends your turn, we move on to uh, Cobalt. Cobalt, what are you doing in this situation? We see the snake coiling around dust. We see Jack and Asmodai going at the snake. Okay, Cobalt's going to duck out a bit, and he's going to shout, Let Dusty Kitty go! As he holds out his hands and uh, uh, blasts a ray of frost at the large snake thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> two tens, that's... Just uh, for clarity's sake, I, I want to specify, since it's, he's coiled around uh, dust, we're not going to do the trajectory roll. I, I usually only want to do that when it's a creature behind. Uh, so you uh, miss your target, and uh, some frost spreads on the floor. Then we move on to dust. Are you going to try to make your uh, check? Well, I'm going to use my voice real quick. Let me be the one to kill him. Knock him out if you must. So uh, you can use your action to uh, try to get out. Which I will do. Mm-hmm. Don't forget you have disadvantage on this because of your exhaustion. That's only 12. Mm-hmm. And doesn't he have to make a check uh, again? No, it's just a set DC. Um, So uh, you try to wiggle yourself out, and the more you do it, the more it tightens around you. Uh, and I assume that ends your turn? And that ends my turn. Okay. Um, It constricts you as it has you in its grasp. Um. Uh, just for clear, uh, clarity's sake, when I attack a uh, restrained creature, it's at advantage, isn't it? Yep. Or is it automatic? Okay, yeah, it's at advantage. It it hits. So uh, 
it uh, constricts at you and does. Wow. Unconscious. Hang on. Okay, you're just straight unconscious. Uh, that does uh, 14 points of damage to you as it constricts. And I imagine like what's happening is that your neck is getting bent at an uncomfortable angle and uh, you know your breath is uh, getting taken away. The question is, do I want to let go? So uh, you, you go limp, is that correct? You're uh, going unconscious? Correct. You know what? Just make things interesting. Uh, we're going to assume that he's now over the space. Like, uh, Basically, as he constricts, he coils around uh, dust space. And uh, I'm going to say that he keeps him at a grap or like a, basically constricts around him still as he uh, looks at all of you, basically taking a hostage. Um, it speaks to you on uh, its turn and goes, Take one more step and I'll snap his neck. And he sways back and forth, seeing how you guys will respond. He's going to hold his uh, the rest of his turn. Uh, it is now Leo's turn. Leo, how do you react to the situation? Um, give me a th- uh, so I'm going to to do the, the same thing. I'm going to unsettling words and then try to use laughter on him. Oh, okay. Make the save. 19 pass. Minus 6, though. So that's a... So 19 so- minus 6. What is it? Still 13. 13? Does that pass? Yeah, that's that's the save. <laughs> yep. So he just, like, gives you a side eye. We zoom into his, just like his face and his eye glaring at Leo. I didn't move any closer. And he just says to you, Sop with the attacks. And he glares at you and you see, like, him tighten around uh, uh, dust. It is now uh, Jack's turn. Um... I'm going to hold this action, see what you guys do, because I, I I don't want to make this huge decision for you guys. So uh, I'm going to say he holds this action, looking at Asmodai, Cobalt, and Leo, seeing what they're going to do. It is now Asmodai's turn. Uh, would it be possible to try and smash one of the coils around him to try and uh, get it away? Also, would Jack have moved at all to a different position? Like, tell me where you want to move. Like, you guys can decide. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to move here. That's where I'm going to move. And then I'm going... Would I... Like I said, would I be able to smash down, like, one of the coils on him with my uh, hammer? See if that'll loosen his grip on him. Or maybe cause him to let go. The the amount of damage you do, say, like, you get, like, uh, a 10 or 8. I'm going to add that to a DC 10. And he's going to try to, uh, basically, try to uh, keep... Uh, his uh, concent or not concentration? What the fuck would you call it? Uh, grip. Yeah, to keep his grip, and I'm gonna say that's gonna fall under strength. So he's gonna make a strength check against the DC you set by damage alone. So I'm gonna add ten plus whatever damage you do if you hit. Sound fair? Yeah. All right. So flanking with Jacked, that's an eighteen. All right. So then I am going to roll that damage, and then I'm also gonna throw a smite on top of that. So that's a total of 19 damage. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there's no uh, save in the world that I can do to uh, uh, help against that. Can you uh, flavor it? Tell me what it looks like when you're doing that smite. So I run up, and I'm going to take take my hammer as it glows with this reddish-black radiance and say, Unhand him now, you fiend! And uh, may the judgment of war fall upon thee and uh i strike down and there's this sort of momentary red flash of radiant energy 
as it cascades into him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, from that uh, red energy, uh, it's basically like uh, you see the hairs like uh, stand up from it, and it uncoils and uh, uh, lets go of dust. He is now on the ground. All right. Uh, does that end your turn, Asmodai? Uh, I will. So if he's, it's gonna be hard to show this on the map, but basically I'm gonna step in front of dust in front of his body. Uh, or at least on top of it to guard him. Yeah, we'll drag it back and overlay yours with his. Okay. Yeah, just assume that you dragged him to the side. Uh, I'll allow that. I just like the rule of cool cinematic. So you hit him, it lets go, you basically grab dust by the scuff and just throw him behind you. Alright, I'll say that was my bonus action. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm done. Alright, uh, Cobalt is now your turn. What do you do? Your friend is now safe. So, Alright, then... Yeah, then Cobalt is going to throw up his hands like, Don't test the kitty again! As he as he lets energy flow through his hands as he launches uh, three darts of lightning uh, at the snake creature. Alright, go right ahead. For a total of uh, ten lightning damage. Mm-hmm, as it's like, pump, like pumps him in one, one side of his face, blasts him on the other, and then the other one kind of like re- reaches on over uh, like from underneath and makes a lightning shot right in the neck <laughs> uh, make a lot of blows against him and you see like lightning like crackle around him and he has a crazed look it is now dust turn uh give me a saving throw please uh what's the plus one from do you have like uh, the stone of luck no i just have it it's not a con save it's a it's a death save which is just 1d20 yeah i'm gonna take it it's 14 you succeed um it is now the snake's turn and he is going to do two things. First off, he is going to bite at Asmodai. Wow. I don't even have to check that. Failed. It, he snaps at you. Is, wait, one question. Is Jack still holding his turn? Oh, that is fair. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we can have him go. Um, I'm going to say that he uh, uh, slaps at the good old Anaconda at advantage, 14. And with... Yep, he hits. Uh, he hits. He does minimal damage. He does three points of damage. All right, uh, so we see uh, Jack just uh, hit the anaconda, well, the centaconda is a better way of putting it, the centaconda with the uh, legs and uh, basically uh, fractures one of the legs. Moving on to uh, the centaconda, he tried to bite at uh, Asmodai, snapped the air. Then, uh, yeah, I think he's going to aim at Dust, like uh, Dust and Asmodai, if that's the case. He's just going to aim it at you. Uh, make me a deck save, please, Asmodai. Uh, 15. 15. Well, deck save was, uh, well, yeah, you're right. You need to be, damn it. Uh, it's 15. So. Yeah. Lucky bastard. Hang on. It does 22 points of damage with a 66, uh, plus two, and it does 11 damage acid. Basically, like, you see, like, spittle as it, uh, I'm gonna say a very loud hiss, and you have spittle, poison, and, uh, acid basically flying at you. It burns the skin as it comes at you, but, you know, you use your shield to take away a majority of, uh, the spittle. Uh, unfortunately for, uh, Dust right behind you, he, uh, fails one death save, uh, from, uh, the raining, uh, the damage. And that will end his turn. Uh, Leo, it is now your turn. What do you do? I'm going to use Cure Wounds on Dust. Okay, you do that. Keep in mind the home rule where uh, the uh, failed save sticks with them. No, no, I'm casting a spell of Cure Wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, when he gets up. So, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, when, when he gets up, he's going to keep the death saving through. Um, let's see. 
Well, what do you get? Yeah, six. Six. All right. So, uh, Dust, uh, your eyes flutter open with uh, uh, six HP. Um, And does that end Leo's turn? Uh, Yeah. All right. It goes to uh, Jack's turn. And uh, he starts slamming in with his mole again, hoping that he's going to do some serious... Or not mole. He slams in with his mace, hoping to do some serious damage. Yep. And uh, we see him miss onto the side. And... Uh, he only rolled one d20. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're right. Advantage. Yeah, he rolls 19. Let's hope and slip that by. Let's see. 1d6 plus 2. All right, he does uh, four points of damage. And uh, just to keep things moving along, Cobalt, uh, what do you do? Yeah, because that was fucking scary. Uh, uh, Cobalt is going to, like, skitter further under the table to not be in range of a, at least at, like, a multi-hit cone. And, uh... Yep. And, uh, you know what? Fuck it. He's just throwing more lightning darts at this thing. Hmm. Go right ahead. Uh, we uh, moved on to uh, Cobalt really quick. We'll move back to you. So for 12 points of lightning damage? 12 points of lightning damage. What does that look like? Flavor it up. Yeah, so just, like, once again, they just, like, blast from his hand, start circling around the snake, trying to confuse it, and then just, like, every time they turn its head, just, like, slap it in the back of its head, just, like, leaving a bunch of shocking burn marks. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, does that end your turn, Cobalt? Uh, that'll be it for Cobalt's turn. All right, Asmodai, what do you do? All right, I'm going to hit him with my warhammer. Go right ahead. Uh, that's a 20. Uh, yep, that hits. That's 9 points bludgeoning damage all right uh and then seeing as jacked has not moved he's still there uh i'm actually going to move here so we can't all get caught in an aoe mm -hmm. and uh that's going to end my turn okay i uh, think this is what i want to do unlike uh, a lot of the beasts that you guys have uh, faced before that just usually just uh, go on instinct and uh, fight the first thing that they see. Uh, the the Centaconda observes the situation a bit. Well, actually, hang on. Whose fucking turn is it? Dust. Yep, Dust. Go right ahead before I say anything. All right, I am going to make a insight check to see if I am within his range. If I, like, if I were to move, would I be at will to an opportunity attack and if he's focused on me? Go right ahead. You're within range. So I would know if I moved... To the left, he could have an opportunity attack on me. Yep. If you move left or down, he'll have an opportunity attack. If you move up or right, uh, you're fine. So I'm going to yell. Remember what I said. I am the one who kills him. And as I finish my sentence, I'm going to spit out some of the blood. Yep. And uh, what are you going to do? I'm going to make an attack. Get up half your movement. So I, I get up, use up half my movement. Yep. Which gives you five feet movement left, because your movement speed's already halved. I'm not moving, so it doesn't matter. A nat 20. Nat 20? Uh, go right ahead. Wait, why did you have advantage? Okay, did Dusty use your bonus action to make a second hit? Yeah. Yeah, that's nat 20. That's why I was assuming that he was doing, that you just using his bonus attack. Works out for me. Um, uh, make your damage. Pretty um, plus serious. three, so that'd be five psychic damage. Jesus Christ. Alright. Plus my sneak attack. Do I double my proficiency? No. What you do is you double the dice because it's a crit. 17. Plus the um, the hit with the daggers. Uh, 17 points of damage. Moving on. Flavor it. As I get push myself up, yell to my comrades, air quotations, because one of them isn't. 
<laughs> I spit out my blood and manifest my daggers. One whizzes past him. The other hits him right in underneath his throat. And, yeah, it, it goes underneath the throat. You see him gasp for air for a second. Then you see his eyes bug out as they look around, like, independent of one another, like a chameleon. And uh, if that ends your turn, does it? Yes. Uh, uh, moving on to uh, the Seneconda's turn. Uh, it focuses in on uh, Leo. It's going to it's gonna move forward and take an attack of opportunity from uh, Jacked. Uh, that one. Uh, it moves forward and goes to attack Leo. And it just says, ah, you pest! And uh, goes in for a bite and a claw. Uh, let's see. Um, before I add modifiers, does that hit? Yeah. Yeah, both. Okay, so it's going to uh, basically bite at you first. Uh, can you make an acrobatics uh, DC 16? 21. Wow. Yeah, you get out of it. You're, uh, you're perfectly fine. It goes in for a bite, and uh, it tries to wrap around you like it did with dust, but you're a little bit wiser than dust at that moment, and you uh, step out of uh, the, the snare like uh, tail that's trying to do. And uh, it does. Hang on, let me add that. Okay, it does uh, uh, 25 points of damage on uh, both those hits. It goes in for a bite, uh, causes you to draw blood, then it uh, claws at you, leaving a bad gash across your chest. Are you down? Uh, yeah, I'm unconscious. Yep, it goes in the, like a rabbit animal and downs you. And it looks around and goes, I gave you an opportunity to leave, yet you stay. And it looks around and Leo, uh, make a death saving throw as it ends its turn. No, no, no. Uh, don't you have the lucky stone? That's with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's uh, one fail on, uh, failure on your part. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Jacked is going to go up. Uh, he's staying within the reach. Do, 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 do. He's going to go over here and uh, try to get flanking. Whatever he moves, he's going to try to get into a flanking kind of position. So he's uh, going to be trying to hit. Nat 20, holy fuck. Uh, goes in for a nat 20. Uh, wow, max damage on one of the die rolls. That is 12 points of damage that he's going for with critical hit. Um, Now with this hit... Uh, you see that the snake, uh, most of his legs are broken by a uh, jacked. And you see that he is struggling to stay up. Blood is rushing from each part of its body. And after the attack, to, uh, attack against Leo, its eyes are bloodshot as it's looking for a way to escape now. Given an opportunity, it will run. Uh, it is now Asmodai's turn. You see it's panicked. I am sorry, Dust, but there needs to be recompense for messing with my people. And I'm going to bring my hammer down. Hammer down! Go right ahead. For all you over... Oh, that's going to be a miss. Alright. Uh, because I think 14 misses, yeah? Yeah, 14 misses. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, you go in for the slam and it destroys uh, the ground. Like, all the cobblestone erupts upward. Alright. Uh, if that's it, we'll move on to Cobalt. Alright. Cobalt is remembering what Dusty Kitty explicitly told him. Mm-hmm. So he's moving, he's moving over, over to here, and he's going to look at Dusty Kitty, give him a face nod, but he is holding his action to do a magic missile. Yep. In case he tries to get away. All right, Dust, go right ahead. Dust is going to be looking into the Centaconda's eyes as he steps forward. You gonna move yourself into flanking position? Yes. All right. Would that be flanking? Just move one up and I'll consider it. It's fine. It's pretty loose. Yep. That's fine. 
as he begins to manifest the daggers in his hands because he doesn't want to do a whip this time mm-hmm. hopefully i will have the rabbit's paw as he makes two attacks okay okay are you are you fucking serious so the first one missed yeah yeah that's for your first attack all right come on you just need one good hit dude come on god stop playing around are you fucking okay you know what this is a this is an awful use of inspiration but <laughs> It's raw. Yeah, I, just do it, man. I, I'm, I'm using inspiration. Just please. <laughs> just hit the fucking thing. Did that? Okay, just for everyone at home. 7, 8, 9, 14. All with advantage, two tacks. All of them miss. So, Dust, roll it one more time. I, I burned my inspiration. <laughs> Thank fucking Nat Christ. 20. <laughs> just narrate how you kill it or whatever the hell you do with it. How do you end this fight? So, I imagine he made the first attack. And seeing Cobalt's face, his dust eyes burn with a fire that no one has seen yet. As he throws his dagger into the eye of the Viper, the Centiconda. And as this just slowly slinks down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we see it slink down and it starts to convulse, convulses, convulses. And then we see it change back into like a rabbit man with, again, that psychic thing through his uh, eye. And he doesn't look, he, he looks brain dead, but still kind of live, you know what I mean? In a vegetable state where his eyes are twitching and his body's moving like he's having a seizure. And that ends the combat. Uh, what do you guys do? I'm going to bonk it on its head just to make sure it's dead. <laughs> it's it's fine. Like it's it's cool. You bonk him on the head. It, it he's dead. <laughs> he's just like still bug died. Just like fucking freaking the hell out. Ah, that is useful. All right, now I'm going over to get my guy out. All right, you uh, go over, unstrap him, and do you see him muffled? Like he has like bare arm and like a like a bat wing like arm. It, he seems all sorts of fucked. He's just screaming for help uh, with his muffled cry. All right, I'm gonna pull out uh, all my javelins and cut his bonds. All right, you do, and uh, snaps open, and he go uh, like he like sits straight up, and he starts breathing heavily. Uh, holding his hand or his paw up, like bare like paw, like against his chest as he breathes. And I'll uh, be like, You're safe now. Which couple are you under? The lieutenant that you saw earlier. Uh, he's underneath uh, Raymond. Uh, basically, that was one of the capos. I called him a lieutenant by accident. It's one of the capos. And it- All right, so you serve Ray or Raymond. All right, well, we'll get you out of here stick next to me and then we will get you back to where you need to be you will be all right uh keep in mind and i assume one of the party members would tell you about it if not jack would he he just tells you be careful he doesn't get seen on the street uh, people with those kind of disfigurements again illegal in the harbor usually get the death penalty oh don't worry we have places for him mm, just keep in mind yeah so uh, uh, what else does everyone do? Uh, Dust, what are you doing at the moment? I am looking towards Jack to be, um, ask him to help me aid in resuscitating Leo. Oh, that's right. He's still unconscious. Yeah, I forgot about that too. Um, oh, I can, I should have done that. Oops. <laughs> well, I mean, you probably want to want to help him. Uh, no, I kind of need him alive. Yeah. 
we'll say it's a moment of clarity. Um, Leo, I'm gonna have you make uh, one uh, death save since you were forgotten. As long as you don't crit fail. Alright. Same roll. Yeah, one failure. Yeah, that's good enough. Yep, you can get up there. I'll use healing hands to get him up. Yep, you uh, heal him and he gets up. Leo, you saw the afterlife and it was black. Uh, so how much healing hands do you give me? Well, I'm not using lay on hands. I'm using my uh, Azamar ability. So you see my hand glow glow with a, a black energy. Okay, so I have, I have three. Yeah, so we uh, see his uh, glowing uh, black hand uh, in the darkness, and you just see like a white outline of the hand as it basically grabs you by the scruff inside this black void and pulls you back to reality. While Asmodai is helping him, I am going to be looting the corpse. Uh, yeah, go right ahead. Um, yeah. You uh, loot the corpse, and let's see what you get. And while he's doing that, I'll just say what I put in chat. Cobalt, before you release the others, check and uh, check their pockets, see if they have your collar before you release the others on the table. And I am checking it stealthily. <laughs> what? Alright. Uh, you see a small copper feather on him, and uh, basically what this uh, feather does, it's from like a very special kind of owlbear, and it uh, sheens with a glow. And uh, how it is used is uh, if you are falling, the first 20 feet of damage is negated, but after that, it will burn up. And that's all I found on his person? Nothing interesting unless you want to strip him of his clothes. Like, uh, you, you have to imagine it. He had as much on him as, like, a regular doctor would have in an operation room. Basically, he was in the zone, like, uh, trying to uh, uh, cut up these people. But uh, there is one more thing you do find, and that is uh, Drake Belly. Uh, one the good kind, but since the crater is now dead, there's probably a limited supply of them in town. Then I will pocket it. The Drake belly. Yeah, that's fine. How many? Uh, just one. The feather. I will just take it out and, you know, throw it to the side. Okay, it just drifts down. And then with that, I'm going to pray to Ball. Yep, and do you hear him whisper uh, in your head? It, you don't... It's not words, it's a feeling. And do you look up from your prayer... And you see the hanging tree calling for you. You see it in the unseen public. With that said, I'm going to look towards Jack and ask him for help in carrying the body. Uh, he looks confused at a moment and like looks up and goes, uh, "All right," and basically grabs the body. It, it, again, it's uh, it, it's the size of a uh, satyr right now with a rabbit's head. So you can grab it easy and just start fucking dragging it. Um, what the what are you what are the rest of you guys doing while this is happening? Yeah, Cobalt is going to search around the area either for his collar or maybe even like like anything that might hint to like where fake if fake found man had been here. After getting uh, Leo up, I will assist you. I'll be spinning up blood. Okay, <laughs> so the three men grab uh, the the satyr and uh, start doing that. Oh, uh, great! Do I do a like a Oh, what should I call it? Roll to see if I got a fear now. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, go right ahead. Oh yeah. Wouldn't uh, dust have to do the same thing? Yeah. Go right ahead. It's just a, a d20, right? Yeah. A d20 uh, 20 roll with the damage uh, you've uh, taken halved uh, in the negative. So do you remember how much in the negative you went? Uh, I was only like one in the negative. So okay. So here. 11 or higher. 11 or higher. Dust took like 22 damage. While he was unconscious. It doesn't accumulate. I, I do like the first hit. 
Okay. Yeah. You got a five. Uh, now, out of everything in this experience, what was most frightening to you? The drug coming here, the area itself, snakes? I'm going to say the giant centipede snake monster. Probably the most terrifying. <laughs> Appropriately. What about uh, you, Dust? What did you roll? 15? All right. So... Uh, anytime you see a snake in general, I'm just going to say general fear of snakes. Anytime you see a snake in uh, general, you will have to make a little power save throw. Does this count for, like, the Antis and things like that that look like snakes? Yes. Does it count for dust right now? Yes, it does, actually. I forgot there's a lot of snakes here. Yeah, that's pretty crippling disability. <laughs> yep, you're afraid of snakes, man. You got to overcome it. But uh, no, uh, well, you can make a willpower saving throw. Like, uh, you, you know, it's kind of the flounders thing. You can be afraid, but uh, still go through with it. Just, it depends on what kind of throw you go. So uh, we'll say uh, anytime, you know, make a roll like 11 or higher or 10 or higher, if I forget, uh, to see whether you get the frightened condition or not. Right, so I'm not frightened of dust. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that you are frightened of the corpse regardless of what you want to do since it was a st as a cause of your fear with that out of the way um cobalt make a investigation check for me please i'm assisting him that's fine so that's an 18 so as you're uh so as you're uh, looking around you find a piece of parchment that uh uh what's his name nickel had on his person and it looked like it was an order from uh, uh roy edmund and the details in the note simply says, keep feeding the black egg. And it ha actually has like a few special races, people like uh, gangs, like from the Crimson Fist, from their own gang, the Wild Ones, to uh, Clear Water, like specific people that they are feeding to a uh, uh, black egg. Kobo confused. He says as he's looking at the piece of paper. Yep. I'll take it from him. All right. You read the same thing. It's basically like even a few people that you know, um, and it just is basically like a grocery list for people. I'm going to hold on to this. Also, who the heck is that snake man? Why? Oh, I hate this place. Uh, Cobalt, uh, you did recognize one name on there, and it was Earl. The orc from uh, way back in the past, the spy. And you do actually see like a few names of uh, if uh, Dust. You guys are about ready to drag it off because I assume Asmodai would want to help as well. But uh, they do find the note. Do you read it all or are you focused on just going to the tree? I could care less. He needs to go to the tree. That's fine with me. So uh, I would take a, a glance at the note if I could. Yep, you uh, take a glance at the note and it does have a few nobles names as well. And there's a high profile target on there that all of you recognize. Earl Diamond. Other than that, yep. Uh, do does Cobalt find anything else with his eighteen in investigation? Just a note with a grocery list of people to feed a black egg. I I don't see Yvette's fake name, right? Um, let's see. I'm actually gonna make a roll for it. Also, what about uh, anything on the people who are strapped down? You see Yvette's name on there, uh, fake name. And uh, what was that, uh, Asmodai? We were also searching the people who were strapped down. Anything on them? Um, they're, they're still, like, sort of living. One of them is blinded now. Um, nothing too extravagant besides, uh, basic, uh, equipment, like, uh, you know, like a dagger, mace, a sword, uh, you know, a leather armor. Any gold? And, yeah, you could find gold. Uh, make a, uh, 1d20. They're, they're not the richest, but they might have a little bit on them. You find 11 gold, uh, collectively among them. This is called the rescuing fee. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give half to Cobalt. 
Yep. Now, uh, let's uh, make the cut as we see, like, uh, a wide shot of uh, the shadow of uh, Dust and Jack carrying uh, Nichols' body. And we see that he's slightly breathing, but having, like, seizure fits. And as they're going along, on the far left of the frame, we see the light, uh, basically where the lighthouse would be, as a black obelisk with uh, golden glyphs shining even brighter than the last time you guys were here. And on the far right, we see a giant black egg now growing, like, uh, since Leo saw it last time, five times its size. And where is this egg? It's in the blighted slums at the very deepest part where uh, the flooding that you guys saw was uh, happening. Basically around where uh, you guys found Andrea. So I assume you guys head to uh, the hanging tree then? Yep, that's my goal. You go to the orphanage and you see the hanging tree or the gallow tree would be a better term. It's a pure white tree with black rope down. And it seems like one extends like down towards the ground more than anyone else. And it seems to be beckoning for you. As you get closer to it, you do notice that there's a giant door in your uh, uh, orphanage at the very back wall around where you used to uh, sleep. Uh, the gallow calls for you and you see a bright door. Uh, essentially, if you guys want to reference Kingdom Hearts door from uh, the first game. All right, everyone off the body. This is mine. Yep. Uh, well, Jack's the only one helping you. I can't remember if the other guys said they're going to follow you, but we'll decide that in a little bit. Um, what do you do? I take the noose and wrap it around the satyr's head. You hear rope, and as you uh, cinch it around the neck, you see like black uh, go, uh, bruising around uh, his uh, neck and nape. What do you do next? Do I see the other side of the rope? Yes, you do. I will walk over to it exhausted and began to try to hoist up the body the rope groans as you hoist up the body and each time you pull it unlike you'd expect from doing heavy labor or you'd get more tired it, you feel more rejuvenated each time you pull down and you have a new spring in your step and each time you raise it higher and higher you lose a point of exhaustion until it's fully raised and we see like the spasms of nickel unconscious as he's moving his body left right seizuring i will take out my dagger yep and begin to carve my name into his chest all right you do that and so uh, he just goes limp and we have the first victim of dust hanging and right behind him a glimmering door all right uh so what are the rest of you guys doing I mean, since all that happened, like, we searched and grabbed everything beforehand. Uh, just to clarify, how many weapons you said a mace, a dagger, and a what? Uh, I'll say light crossbow. And a light crossbow. Cobalt, you can have the crossbow if you want. Uh, yeah, we w I would have followed him. And also asked, uh, Leo, what, who is that, by the way? I can't tell. It's a giant snake thing. The... Sick scientist that's been creating these drugs. Does sick scientist have his name? Yeah, his name is Nickel. Oh! I, I assume I know who Nickel is, right? Yep, he is uh, okay. one of the higher-ups in the Wild Ones. Oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> oh, Rory is going to be quaking in his boots. Yes! Uh, Cobalt, what are you doing? I guess once he gets situated and, like, follows, he, he probably comes in just as this snake creature is being hung, and he can't help but stare at it. Mm-hmm. 
you uh, stare at it and your eyes go to the door and the black egg. Uh, this world is weird. Um, within a few minutes, you uh, if you guys look at the horizon, you see a giant chess board played by two humongous beans. And one of the pieces moves, and the entire town changes. And it's the moment that Nickel goes limp. We see houses turn to skyscrapers. Skyscrapers turn to uh, rows of houses. And basically the entire architecture and layout of the city change. I really hate this place. If I mention that, I really hate this place. Does the um, orphanage change that we're in? Nope. That is the only place that doesn't change. And neither does the obelisk or the big black egg. I'd I assume, is the egg still in the blighted psalms? Can we see that from here? Yeah, it's that huge. You can see it over buildings. And Leo, like, again, like I said, is five times, like, uh, how big it was last time. And last time it was pretty big. I'm just holding my action until uh, maybe Cobalt wants to say something as he sees me hanging this and then subsequently carving my name into the body. Yep, and you feel refreshed. Um, as you uh, carve, you uh, you look at your body and you see abyssal-like writing be uh, carved into you like a tattoo. And as it does, you have gained a blessing from uh, your god. Basically, you have uh, black wisps. Uh, coil around you like an armor, then quickly dissipate. Uh, you guys RP while I'm doing this, please. Okay, so we killed Roy. We're here now. How the heck do we get out? I do not like being here any more than I have to. Darn drug addicts everywhere. Cobalt, this first time, Cobalt, come with the chew gum. The Cobalt never abandoned Metal Man. Abandoned bad. Duh. I was going to say, I was going to start lighting one of my candles. Yeah, you can uh, do that, and uh, everyone who's close by can uh, uh, be brought back to the reality if that's how you guys want to end it. I'm plugging my nose. Per that is perfectly fine if you want to explore the unseen public more. But uh, if anyone wants to leave, go right ahead. I also rolled a nine, so I'm probably being triggered by this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cinnamon. Yeah. It uh, wafts of uh, cinnamon, and you see, like, a dust start to hyperventilate at the candle, Leo. As I'm, like, fading away, I just see him freak out. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Cobalt, did you go with the rest? Like, uh, uh, near the candle? Smell it? Uh, Cobalt would have wanted to stay with Dusty Kitty because things aren't settled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can uh, stick around with uh, him not going back. Uh, Jacked uh, looks at either side of the group. Um, do you need Jack to come with you guys? Or, uh, I'm trying to think of what the fuck Jack. Um, no, he'd stay with Dust. He'd stay with Dust, because he's trying to build up good relations. So, he, uh, just, uh, passes it off. Um, Asmodeye, do you leave with Leo? Heck yeah. Yeah, so you two, uh, vanish. And within a blink of the eye, you guys are in front of, uh, the ruined orphanage. And you guys look up, and you see, uh the white uh, hanging tree and on one of the ropes not quite apparent to everyone yet but you see the transparent body of a nickel slowly phasing into reality with uh, the carved message of uh what, what did you write dust into it yes, just carved my name into his chest as you guys are now affiliated with a possible criminal <laughs> well this is gonna be the problem <laughs> i'm gonna take uh, some of the creature's blood that I assume I have on my Warhammer. Sure, yeah. Uh, what color is it? Um, I'm gonna say it's purple. Ah, oh, dang it. 
never mind. Uh, instead, mm-hmm. I'm going to take now that the creature is a, a, back to being a satyr. I'm going to take his uh, right hand. Yep. Cut it off. Okay. And when the blood sprays, I'm going to cover the hand in blood, and I'm going to take the dagger I grabbed and nail it up next to the corpse. The message being, the Crimson Fists also take credit for this kill. Okay, I love that a lot. Alright. And, yeah, no, that makes the implication of the message different, too. Like, uh, the Crimson Fist did it for dust. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, so you you do that. You you fucking do that. You cut off his hand, cover it in blood, fucking nail it to the hanging tree. Because knowing that this is uh, Nickel now, oh, heck yeah. We took out your lieutenant, Roy. Watch your butt. You The wild ones better take notice now. Yeah. Okay, I like that a lot. And uh, let's uh, cut from reality as Leo's admiring the situation. <laughs> We cut to black and go back to the unseen public with uh, Jack just sitting on a nearby piece of rubble looking at you two. What does Dustin Cobalt do? Dust is making him his way to the golden door. Okay, you make your way to the golden door. And as you do, there is a keyhole. I- I'm, I'm waiting to see what Mega's doing while I'm walking over there. That's fine. It's like, it's like, Dusty, can you wait? Don't! It's like you, like, front off, like, Cobalt, no understand what's happening! You don't understand what murder is? Uh, Cobalt, no, but Cobalt, no, no. And just gestures in the direction of the tree and the hanging and and I guess your entire visage now, since I guess there are like black wisps around you now. Yeah, uh, there's black wisps around his uh, uh, body acting as an armor. Cobalt, just want no dusty kitty, okay. It kind of looks down at the ground and his feet. Like, you know, like doing like that circle with one of his like uh, talon toes. And I'm going to walk up towards Cobalt. Yeah, get down on one knee. Uh, before you do anything, I want to bring up one thing. You hear in your head Ball's cohesion as he says, Take revenge for those that killed your children. Continue. And I'm going to walk up towards Cobalt, grabbing him by the chin. Cobalt, look at me. Do I look okay? Dusty kitty. He feels like he's struggling with with the phrase, but he thinks he ha- has it. Dusty kitty look like dead inside body. And then I'm going to take my other hand and put one on each side of his face. Look into my eyes, Cobalt. Do I look okay? Well, I While I'm doing this, I am going to be trying to see what Cobalt's fear is. Like, uh, he sees, like, I want you to imagine kind of like just a spotlight on on Cobalt in a very dark place. And like, there are several other, uh, several other people, most of them Cobalts, and one by one, each one of them sort of fade into nothingness. One by one, one person after another. And every time one is about to disappear, Cobalt runs after them, but he can't get them just in time. And just one by one, each one disappears until it's just Cobalt by himself underneath the spotlight, crying. You fear being alone, don't you? Then I'm going to gently make my, while still holding my hands on his face, move my lips towards his ear. Is that why you made me feel alone when you killed Alphonse? No, that's not what Cobalt wanted. 
Cobalt, Cobalt see false face and think, think not Alphonse boy, but someone that try hurt people. Cobalt care about hurt Dusty Kitty and Cobalt not think Alphonse boy, false face and Cobalt didn't want Dusty Kitty hurt, but Dusty Kitty hurt anyway, cause what Cobalt do? Cobalt don't know how things. And he just like starts crying. Cobalt, you will see in this world of ours, everyone has multiple faces. Some are outlawed because they physically change their faces. You will see Leo underhanding some of our friends. You will see Jacked disappearing. You will see Asmodai dealing with gangs, but working with us. Everyone has multiple faces. Why is this so different if one actually changes in reality? Well, Cobalt, I must say, I thought of you as a friend, but it seems your face may have changed too. And with that, I'm going to walk away towards the door. You do. You uh, walk towards the door. And what do you do at that door? I'm going to see if it opens. You try to push it, and it doesn't open. There's no knob. There's no nothing. Just a keyhole? Just a keyhole. I am going to take out my lockpicks an attempt to pick it and I'm going to just in case if this doesn't work I am going to whisper a secret alright go right ahead I don't want to kill Cobalt mm, go right ahead yeah 18 do you do anything else just want to make sure before I say anything no I'm just attempting to pick the lock yeah and open it. just want to make sure no inspiration no like added bonuses besides that nothing yep 18 alright so as you attempt to do it uh uh, what? Uh, so you, uh, you're you using lockpicks of truth? Yep, plus my proficiency since I have um, uh, yep. proficiency in it. Yep. As you uh, try to do it, uh, you feel like... Uh, it feels like you had it for a second, but if you were to go on any further, like your uh, lockpick would snap. And you're not sure whether that opened the door or not. I'm going to end sight looking at the door for any markings. Mm -hmm. You do. And uh, you see an imprint on uh, the side of the keyhole you see it, it's really weird uh i'm not sure if you guys ever did did this but uh it, it's it, it's reflected so reversed uh if you guys ever tried to imprint an image onto an object then peel off the paper then it leaves the Im image there like you guys ever you see backwards deed then you see your name then you see roy's name then you see colebeard's name and each with a drop of blood Okay, noted. Yeah, noted. What's worth a thousand gold, my friend? What's worth a thousand gold? All right. Um, anything more from this RP? Uh, cobalt dust. What are you guys doing? Anything else? We got an obelisk in the distance. We got a giant egg. We got a fucking door. What's happening here? Uh, I guess in this moment, like just as you know, Dusty Kitty said what he did and walked away. Uh, Cobalt just kind of like gets down on the ground, hugs his knees, and just buries his face in it for a while we see jack just staring at you not sure what to say well with that i'm going to walk to the base of the white tree and sit there until i face back to reality all right and it's just that silent scene we see uh dust we see the entire scene we see uh dust just leaning back on the tree like back to cobalt uh behind dust we see cobalt in the fetal position then two uh dust 
stage left, we see uh, uh, Jack just sitting on a piece of rubble, just looking at uh, cobalt with starflies. And around the frame, we see like the giant door of uh, the orphanage behind you all glowing. And we'll say that it will take a couple hours for you guys to get out. And by the time you guys get out, it will be near time for the ball. So let's go to Leo and Asmodai. You know that they're not going to get out for a little bit, or at least Leo knows. What do you guys do to kill the time or prep up what's happening? Well, before we go and discuss business with the Inquisition, I need to make a quick stop. Right. Uh, I want to go to the to my the Leo's respite. Uh, Asmodai, are you following? Like, what do you need from Leo's respite? I just need to pass on some information. Alright, I will accompany you. Uh, as you guys go on to uh, Leo's respite, you see uh, Gus uh, sitting as he uh, watches door like a uh, bouncer. And he just says to Leo, <clears throat> Gus, tell Yvette she needs to go into hiding. And he looks at you, gives you a quizzical, like, you know, eyebrow raise, and he just shakes his head and goes, <clears throat> And stands up and leaves the building, trying to find her. Okay, now we can go and deal with the rest of the business. Okay, so uh, where do you guys go? I'm following Asmodai because he said that we needed to meet with someone before the event. Yeah, we're gonna head back to the Apostle. Okay, you guys. Uh, yeah, you guys do. And uh, you see uh, the fat man. Uh, he's sweating profusely. Uh, as he takes off his uh, handkerchief and uh, puts on his brow, uh, he looks up and sees you guys enter, and he just goes, Oh, long part, so uh, a pleasure to meet you. And he actually has tea for you, ready. Can you affect some of, grab some of your stewards? I seem to have uh, had a run-in with some low lives on my way here. I imagine that the Inquisition has some pretty good healers. He goes and says, well, we have the best. In fact, uh, the guard employs some of our uh, healers. And he makes a sharp whistle to the orc. The orc goes off to the side. And you see a familiar face. You see one arm missing. You see a side cape on his side. A red cape. You see that he now has pure white armor. And on the center of his chest is a sun painted in gold. He's tall, he's lanky, and he has one spear with a flaming hot tip. Holy crap, you survived. Yeah, he walks up and goes, oh, couldn't handle your own on the streets, huh? And again, it couldn't be more apparent that he is missing a fucking arm and he now has a scar on his cheek and gives you a smile. Why, hello, Asmodai. And he gives you a hand, his, basically puts his, like, spear, like, uh, uh, like, holsters it and gives his free hand, which is now his left hand, out for you to shake. I will shake it. And you feel a soothing sensation as a golden sheen goes over your body. And he says to you, may see him, see your way, and the hosh guide you. It is nice to see you again, brother. And he looks over to Leo. As well as you, Mr. Longpaw. Glad to see you're doing well. He gives a nod to the head and says, I couldn't kill that son of a bitch, but I gave him a good fight. You won't be seeing him sailing anytime soon. And <laughs> we have a quick cut to like him on the fucking boat and uh, also taking off like a uh, fucking uh, uh, Valentine's hand and then like him like chipping off the bone of the Dicephalosaurus that chased you guys. 
and basically making a swan dive off the boat after he lost his arm. And we splash back into reality as he gives you like a quick run up on what happened that night. And he looks at you and says, I killed five anglerfish on the way home. Uh, they picked the wrong uh, prey to eat. And he gives you guys a chuckle. I imagine that's a slow day for you. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen more exciting days. And he uh, sits down. Uh, Leon uh, Asmodine goes, what business are you doing here? Oh, we were here. I was uh, introducing Mr. Longpaw to the good apostle. <sighs> I'm running security for tonight's gala. And Mr. Longpaw here uh, had the desire of getting to know one of the more esteemed guests, as well as the man overseeing tonight's auction, as he had just baptized me this afternoon. And he gives you a smile and says, That is good that you're graced in the waters of Siam. And he gives you a smile as he nods. Now, speaking about security, you're looking at one of uh, the top heads of security. It's very nice that we're going to be working together, Asmodai. I would have it no other way. Oh, most definitely. And I would assume that uh, we had already had a contract, and this is kind of falls under that contract. Hmm. Uh, again, the biggest thing is he's not hammering out the exact business that he's doing with you guys, but he is just like writing up something for Leo that he's, you know, for the future of uh, like basically what he's writing up is a document that states that he outbid someone on certain objects and basically wrote it down on a piece of paper and he needs a signature from Leo to make it concrete so he can later, you know, flaunt it around. There isn't anything else I should be aware of that you've hidden in the contract like last time is there <laughs> he looks at you and goes why of course not i even got you tea and he points to the tea that he made freshly for you i sip it you sip it and it actually does taste good right. please try my wife's tea yeah <laughs> how much did, did i get healed by the way i didn't catch that oh dude we're gonna say that you guys fully got healed uh, by a moss we're gonna say he gave you a couple pats on the back as quizzers do. And uh, after a while, seeing that you guys have no more to say, he uh, bids you do as he uh, uh, goes up to the state to assume his position for tonight. By the way, uh, was his his name wasn't on the, the list I got, was it? Amos? No, not Amos. Uh, well, Amos too, but also uh, uh, Apostle Fat Man here. David. Mm -hmm. David. Yeah. You think about it for a second. And I want to imagine this like a cinematic, because you're, you're just trying to process all the names, and you're just thinking over the list. There's this name, this name, this name. And everything turns, like, again, there's not, like, magical effects or anything. Purely cinematic. You see everything turn black around uh, David as you see his name written in that poor handwriting above him as one of the victims to come to be. Oh, as we're walking out. By the way, Honorable Apostle, I would have, I might have stumbled across some information about you, but I, I it's having, I'm having trouble exactly remembering it. And he just gives you a nod and goes, well, if it's not about business, then so be it. And just uh, waves you off. I mean, it is potentially very important towards you personally. What would that be? And just looks at you. Ah, it is... I'm having trouble remembering. It's a little hazy. And he just, like, uh, bends a hand over and just, like, uh, gives you about five gold on the table. 
Well, it is, it's a little more clear, still slightly hazy. He narrows his eyes and goes, ten, and no more, and slams it on the table and says, you don't, I have no idea how good this information is. Mm. Well, here, I will just take out a note. I won't show him the whole thing, but I will just point to his name and go, this is a hit list. Well, not really a hit list. These were people being kidnapped and taken and experimented on in the unseen public. Give me an insight check, both of you. Uh, I'm going to use my inspiration on that. Yeah. 17 for me. 17. He, you, you see it in his eyes. Like, it's like a moment of confusion, then revelation, then like a slow descent into like pure shock. Then he just like slowly backs like his chair back opens up like one of the drawers and then starts filing through documents really quick. It's kind of like a, a shot in the dark, an idea that just crosses his mind that he needs to make sure it's not it. So he starts filing through it, filing through it, and then eventually he finds a document. And he, if we zoom up like to his wrinkled forehead, we see like beads of sweat dropping like precariously around his face. And he goes, thank you for that information. And puts the document down, back in the drawer, puts it in, then pulls out a bottle of uh, liquor and uncorks it, then puts down a glass, and we see like a shot of the shot glass slowly filling up as it goes back and forth when it gets poured, and he downs it. My goodness, you seem quite troubled by this news, or revelation as you might call it. He... He's staring past you, and it's almost like he can no longer hear you from the shock. It's like when you hear one of your family members die, and it's that, like, this isn't happening kind of moment where you just mute out everything. He is just staring into the distance, just pouring himself drink after drink. All right. I'll say one last... I'll try, attempt to say one last thing to him, which is... Right is there anything you can tell us about this black egg that he's mentioned? Again, as you say that, like, uh, as he's pouring a drink, he lifts up the bottle really quick in shock and looks at you. And he says, Black Egg, I, I know uh, 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 nothing about it. It's, you don't have to do an insight check. You can tell he knows everything about it. Uh, your apostleship, stick to preaching. You're a terrible liar. And he just, he moans a little bit. He goes, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Grimmer? And he looks up at you. Have I? Make a history check. Has Leo? Make a history check, Leo. Because I sure as hell hasn't, haven't said it up until now. That's a I five. don't know Jack. Yeah, 13. No, you know Jack very well. That's kind of the problem, though, because that gives you another side. <laughs> so, Leo, you, you have a faint understanding of it. Like... How you understand the draconic kind is that each species of uh, pure-blooded dragons are born scaleless, and how they uh, go about gaining their uh, scales is overthrowing that of a scale. In this dragon kind, there was a famous dragon that goes by Grimmer, and he was known as the scaleless dragon, the, the only one prominent of his kind. There are very few dragons, but he got notoriety because he killed two dragons and took both their scales. But it's a little fuzzy after that what happened to him. All you know is that he was trapped in some way. So you're talking about the dragon? 
And he nods his head and goes, Yeah, a grimmer, a damnable thing. And he just stares down at the desk. What have I gotten myself into? And just, like, starts rubbing his forehead with his handkerchief. Well, maybe if incentized, we can help you get out of it. And he looks up at you and says, You think you can kill the Jade Hand? And he just... Yeah, his last words, What's the price? So we uh, cut to black after that, and then uh, we focus on Dust, who's, uh, like, sitting back on the tree, and we hear the sway of a nickel above him, occasionally dropping a bit of blood onto a Dust. And Dust, you uh, just stare out in the distance, and, and you see the faint outline of Ball looking at you, then clapping, and... Like, once you blink, it disappears. Then you blink again. Then you see Cobalt in front of you, but something's off. And you blink again, and he disappears. You look up, and you see Cobalt hanging. And after staring at it for a couple seconds, you blink again, and he's gone, back in the fetal position. And you feel, like, the scratching on your skin as Ball says, Give me the Cobalt. This has been House Common Blood, the intro music by White Sand, Promise, and the outro music by Darren Curtis, Time's Up. Any music and sound effects used in the episode are royalty-free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you have been to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word by mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us, and make sure to tune in next week.